Welcome to Kingdom Talk Radio Hour with Dennis McCork, founder of God Hope Ministries. Kingdom Talk is where Christ is King, and we are the subjects and citizens of the Kingdom of God. Oh, yes, we are. Kingdom Talk 2.0. We are diving deeper into all things Kingdom here on Kingdom Talk 2.0 every Saturday from 1 to 2 o'clock here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town, broadcasting live here right now from the studios here, the luxurious Manchester studios in the heart of Fresno, reverberating off the foothills of the Sierras back into the valley, bringing the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And as always on Kingdom Talk 2.0, we have uh, my co-host here, that would be Pastor Charlie Avila from Clovis Christian Center. Charlie, it is a privilege and an honor to be together in the studio. Yes, thank you once again for having me here, and we really look forward to this broadcast today as we talk about maintaining sound doctrine in the local church. Well, this is important. It's not just about correcting what's wrong. We need to be able to have that trajectory starting out on a good foundation of solid sound doctrine and then maintain it going forward. We know Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail uh, against the church. And so we're grateful that we have that foundation. And he tells us there at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, whosoever hears these sayings of mine, in other words, sound doctrine, right? These sayings, okay, wholesome teaching, yes, uh, and does them is like unto a man to build his house upon the rock. Rock, The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and it beat upon the house, and it fell not because it's founded upon the rock of sound doctrine. Amen. On the rock of the person of, of Jesus Christ. Yes. And sound doctrine always points back to the person and work of Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so as we go forward, we're just going to briefly just lay this foundation, uh, but we've been talking about it from week to week, but uh, we always want to be reminded that we're really wanting to make sure that we're uh, focusing on the main and the plain, that we're recognizing that uh, when we talk about false doctrine, we're not talking about uh, the non-essentials of what, you know, whether the choir wears robes or not, okay? <laughs> yes, right. Or whether you meet on Saturday or Sunday. We're not talking about whether you baptize babies or adults. Although some of those things can be important. Yeah. They're not essential, Yes, right? Uh, and so we're also recognizing that sometimes uh, pastors and teachers do get a, a verse wrong or even a doctrine somewhat wrong, but they're just uh, doing it in ignorance, not willful rebellion. And so yes. it says, he that is a heretic after the first and second admonition reject. So we recognize we want to come alongside in love to our brothers who may be teaching something that's in error. Right. And we need to be humble and allow brothers to come alongside us too, don't we? Right. Yes. We must be all open to receive correction from the Lord. Nobody has it perfectly right. Jesus is the only one that's perfect. So we must open our hearts. I love that story again in Acts chapter 18 where... Uh, they went to uh, Apollos. He was a great teacher, but mm. he had uh, he had some teaching there that was had already passed. Jesus was here. Now he was t- still teaching the baptism of John. He says, no, there's a new baptism here into the name of Jesus Christ. And so he received that correction, and God continued to use him on. Aquila mm. and Priscilla. And, and That's right. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't come and just say, you know, you're, we're canceling you. Right. You know, you're a false teacher. Right. They expounded the way of God more perfectly. perfectly. Yes. So he already, he says he was mighty in the scriptures. He was. You know, but he still didn't fully understand. And, yeah. And that's such a great example. Thank you for bringing that up. Because yeah. That's exactly the heart attitude we want to have is of Aquila and Priscilla, yes. you know, uh, with Apollos uh, to, to, to come alongside and encourage our, our, our brothers and sisters. And there is a term, I love this term. It was used in, during the Reformation, a diaphora. 
uh, and they called it, it's basically, it's the Greek word for indifferent things yes. that are yes or no. It's not, they're not clearly forbidden in scripture nor commanded again, worship styles and holidays, types of music and, and even eschatology. Some of that, um, I think full preterism is a real problem with eschatology mm-hmm. when they yeah. say that Jesus already came the second time. That's definitely right. a false doctrine. No, uh, that's false. but as far as pre 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 mid post trib, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or even all millennial, you know, post millennial, although we do hold to a solid biblical historic mm-hmm. premillennialism. Uh, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about that. In fact, I want our listeners to know that coming up and I'm excited about this in, in weeks to come, it's going to be down the road a little bit because we want to get through this whole teaching a thorough teaching on uh, false teachers and false prophets. Um, we were going to get into some uh, eschatology, some teaching on end times Amen. from the Bible and talk about prophetic scripture. And that's an amazingly important, not essential, mm-hmm. but very, very important subject. It's a key. Yes. It really is. And you know, one of the things I want to uh, point out there about uh, what Priscilla and Aquila did with Apollo's is as soon as that finishes out there in Acts 18, what happens when you go right into Acts 19, when mm. Paul goes over there and he says, hey, to what baptism were you guys baptized in? And, and he says, well, we were we only knew the baptism of John. And Paul then also was able to expand to them a little bit more. He goes, no, now there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. He laid hands on them. The people got filled with the Holy Spirit. So it was important that Priscilla and Aquila talked to them because it was influencing other people. It was, it was, it was, those people only knew up to the baptism of John and Paul then came in and he also was able to bring some correction into the people that had been influenced by Apollos. But again, Apollos was mighty in scripture. He wasn't cast to the side. He was going to be used by God and they gave that input to him. So Ah. that's very, very important. He was influencing people. But now Paul and Apollos and uh, Aquila and Priscilla were, were made, made the necessary correction so that things could go well. It's very important because there's a ditch on both sides of the road. Yeah. One is, is that we're just super strident and you're a false prophet, you're a false teacher, you know, and, and right. if you, got, you don't understand Romans 9 exactly right or whatever. Yeah. You know, and then the other ditch is we don't say anything. Right. So we just say, oh, we just, you know, it doesn't matter. It's okay yeah. if they you know, believe that right. it's their own truth. You know, right. we're all, it's all okay. I'm okay. Yeah. You're okay. No relative. Yeah. We, we need to speak the truth in love. And that's, yeah. that's exactly what Aquila and Priscilla did with Apollos. And that's exactly what Paul did with the disciples of John the Baptist and yes. bringing them to a greater understanding and experience of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's what good. we're talking about here on kingdom talk 2.0 every Saturday from one to two. Tell your friends about it. Go on to, uh, uh, Facebook on uh, KXEX and share uh, Kingdom Talk uh, 2.0. You can also go to your podcast platforms. Please go to the Apple Podcast or Spotify. Type in Kingdom Talk. You'll see Kingdom Talk 2.0. Uh, and then if you'll click on that and subscribe and then share it with your friends because we want to get the good news of the gospel. We want to be uh, equipping you and your friends, your family your brothers and sisters in Christ with sound doctrine to again, be that house built upon the rock. And as we go forward here, you know, pastor, we do need to maintain sound doctrine Amen. because there's so much false doctrine out there. It's just, it's amazing. You know, thankfully the internet, you know, we are using it, the radio station, we're using every platform we have Mm -hmm. to bring the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. But so also is the enemy. He's the prince in the power of the air. Yes. He's deceiving the whole world. That's what it says in the book of Revelation. He's that uh, dragon. He's out and he's uh, the serpent. 
And uh, he's deceiving that. That's his main thing. He's a liar. He's the father of, of lies. There's no truth in him. And that is his main motive. That's his character. He's a deceiver and he's out to deceive and he's spreading lies. And certainly he's using the all these platforms to do that. So what is the pastor, what's a Christian to do with all this false doctrine proliferating everywhere? Yeah. So, of course, um, with all this uh, media that's out there, you guys know about it. Um, but there's so many uh, ways in which false teachings can be promoted and pushed on YouTube, on platforms, uh, social media platforms. So we want to say that the best uh, medicine is preventative medicine. So what can a local church, what can Christians, not just pastors and elders, but what can Christians do to maintain sound doctrine? So I just want to start out with this very, very important thought. So many years ago, I was very discouraged. Uh, I was talking to the Lord, had been a, a shepherd for almost 30 years at that point. I said, Lord, why, why am I constantly having to go bring these people out of wrong teaching and wrong this and wrong that, and they're straying away from the church? And, and the Lord just dealt with my heart, and it was a time of also humbling for myself when he said to me, son, this is your job as a shepherd. Mm. That Jesus said that the shepherd is always going after that lost sheep. Because you know, there's, they, they got to go out. And so I, I, the Lord just kind of in my heart began to deal with me that this is a part of my job as a shepherd. Sheep are always straying. And as I mentioned in a previous uh, broadcast, that word strain is the word planeo. Planeo is where we get the English word for planet. And it is the main word used for deception, de- being deceived, error. Uh, when people are in error, that's the word that's used is planeo, planeo, planeo. So every time you see it in the Greek New Testament, wherever you see the word strain, it's the word planeo. And so I, what I want to say this, uh, I say it carefully, but strain sheep very often are mm-hmm. deceived sheep. It's sheep that have been deceived. They believe something that is not true. And so we know Isaiah said that, right? We mm. all like sheep have gone astray. Mm. Each of us has turned our own way. Jesus said that a shepherd goes to the mountains to seek the one sheep that is strained. Peter said, we were like sheep going astray. David said, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. So seek your servant. The Holy Spirit said uh, there in the book of Hebrews, they are always going astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. James says, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So I just want to say that really to mark it down in our hearts, sheep are always straying. My goodness. You know, he said that... uh, that uh, the shepherd left the 99 to go after the one. He's not talking about a hot day in Fresno leaving Highway 99 to go to Highway 1 on the beach, is he? (laughs) No. He's talking about leaving the fold and going out and finding that one who's lost. And that just... That doesn't just apply to pastors too. It, it's no. it's it's called all each of us as as believers, certainly pastors as shepherds. Right. Yes. But all of us, we have people that are close to us but far from God. Yes. And that's in those circles of influence that we are to be uh reaching out to them and giving them the time of day. Yes. You know, to hear their stories, to to be broken, uh hear hear their brokenness and then and then and then share that uh good news of the gospel and point them to Christ, back to the good shepherd. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I want to say is, uh, uh, being a, having served as a pastor and working a lot with pastors and l- living among pastors and going to pastors' conferences is I want to say this, is that 
the pastor's regular preparation and presentation of teaching week by week is critical to how that church is going to maintain sound doctrine. Pastors have to give themselves to a lot of study, a lot of careful exegesis, insightful research, and clear presentations. They really have to really put a lot of time into studying the Word of God and making sure that they are understanding what the text is saying. They're not taking things out of context. They're not believing something that is wrong. And I love that scripture there in Acts chapter 6, verses 3 to 4. Uh, You know, rather than help widows and serve at tables, the early apostles made this important declaration. They said, brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And he says, we will turn over this responsibility to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And I just want to say, pastors, we need, and church leaders, we need to really devote a lot of time to study, that's our priority, to, to study, to prepare. As one pastor told me, the anointing is in the preparation. This is so important. It, it, that's so, so critical for maintaining sound. My goodness, because a lot church. of times, you know, especially within our charismatic circles, oh, yeah. you know, we think that, you know, you have to be led of the Spirit, you got to throw all your notes out and basically <laughs> just fly by the seat right. of your pants. Well, the Holy Spirit moves on Monday morning mm-hmm. uh, as you're laying the outline of the message that God's wanting you to give all the way throughout the week. And and so, yes, you know, we, we're, we're called to, uh, uh, to, 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 to be workmen that need not be ashamed. Workmen. Yes. Work, W-O-R-K. You know, it's <laughs> that four-letter word. Four-letter word. You know, workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly handling, King James says, rightly dividing the word of truth. And, and like the Bereans, you know, they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures, scriptures daily. daily. To yes. see whether or not the things Paul said Absolutely. were true, so, so how much more should we? But but also we see in Acts chapter six with the appointing of deacons to free up the apostles so they could give themselves continually to the ministry of the word and to prayer. Amen. And so, and and then we also see there where where with Timothy there he says he tells him that um, give honor where honors due. Uh, 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 he says, he says, um, uh, he says, let those who rule well be counted worthy. Those who shepherd well yes, to be counted worthy of double honor, especially those, those who labor yes. in word, word and doctrine. doctrine. So there's a virtue yeah. in getting us a, a, a bead of sweat yes. on your brow. Mm-hmm. As you're laboring in the word, yes. strong oxen, it says, it says in Proverbs that yes. strong, where well, there is no oxen, the crib is clean. And mm-hmm. Paul likens ministers unto oxen there. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 uh, second, first Corinthians nine there, we talks about that, uh, that you don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn, right? Yes. Yes. And so, so we're likened unto oxen, Amen. strong beasts, song animals that are laboring. And so yes. that's, it's honorable, yes. you know, to where you are actually burning the midnight oil, right? you know, and, 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 and just studying and what an honor and a privilege and what a great work it is. Yeah. And I re- I always read that scripture there at the end of Ecclesiastes 12, where he says, much study brings much weariness in mm-hmm. the flesh. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it requires a lot of time. And so I think each week I'm putting 20, 30, Sometimes for seminars, I'm putting 50, 60 hours of time in it. It's hard. It's it is tiring. I'm tired at the end of the day. My wife goes, well, you just were sitting there in your office all day. It was hard, hard work to study, to look up definitions, to read yes. commentaries, to study the original languages, the Greek text or the, the Hebrew text. It, it, that's a lot of work, you know. 
And, you know, there's this something that really um, was a startling measuring line for me. The man who created the sermons.com website, the man who's the director of that, the leader of that, he was ready to shut it down, completely down. And I thought, I heard the, the story, the testimony of it. He goes, and somebody asked him, why, why were you cutting down, cut, uh, gonna shut the whole sermon thing down? Cause he, he had put thousands of sermons, you know, outlines, uh, studies, audio teachings online that pastors could go to as a resource mm-hmm. uh, at sermons.com. You know why he was going to shut it down? He says, because his website had so much traffic on Saturday night. You know what they, the, what it was telling him was that they didn't have, pastors didn't have a sermon because they weren't really studying. They were waiting till Saturday night to download mm. a sermon on Saturday night. He said the traffic was so heavy on Saturday nights that he wanted to shut down the whole thing because he realized My. pastors were not really studying. They were downloading sermons that were canned sermons that they hadn't done the study themselves. And so it was a revelation to me. That is Friday night, Saturday night was when all the traffic came because people were looking for Mm. a sermon rather than get along with the Holy spirit in prayer, seeking God for direction about what to feed the flock of God. That's why God has given us this to feed the flock of God with the word of God, with sound doctrine. People are waiting to the last minute to download a sermon that's not even in their heart. They just find some good sermon with a good outline and they preach it and they think that that's going to be something useful, but no, the church is going to suffer in sound doctrine when a pastor does not does not present themselves. I tell you, you can tell when somebody has prepared, mm. when they're in the pulpit, you can tell when they just come up with funny stories and a little testimony and a little poem, poem at the end of the sermon. You can tell this person has not prepared for that. Me- that message was not prepared. It was not before the Lord. It was something that was done maybe at the last minute. I know we all struggle to try to find a message sometimes, but we need to be people who devote ourselves to sound doctrine. This is, that's so, so critical. You know, they, it says that God gave them manna daily. Mm-hmm. They were to go out and get fresh manna every day. And it needs to be something that's spoken from the heart. Amen. You know, to where that they're, they're passionate about it. And we see in the seven letters to the seven churches, of the revelation, he that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit mm-hmm. is saying to the churches. So as a pastor, yeah. We must be hearing what the Spirit is saying to our church, the Church of Fresno. Amen. What is God saying to the Church of Clovis? Amen. And then, because uh, we have been given ears to hear. Amen. Amen. So I want to say that a pastor, uh, an elder, a Sunday school leader, a youth leader, this could apply to you too. You know, you're teaching people. You're teaching people Sunday morning. Right. And we've have, we have Sunday school teachers. We, we tell them regularly, don't wait till Saturday night to prepare your sermon just because there's little kids are here and they don't know that much about the Bible and they don't need to know all that. No, we need to teach them sound doctrine. Our youth need to be teaching sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. Our women's ministry need to be teaching. Our leaders uh, in the men's ministry, whatever. Every area of ministry, we all need to be preparing ourselves, taking the whole week for God to, to, to marinate this word inside of us and preaching it out of, out of passion. Uh, years ago, there was a small group of pastors, maybe five or six of us here locally that met right down the street from here, the radio station here on uh, off of Shields. And we met, and one of the things we determined together as pastors, we said, we are going to preach sermons that are burning in our heart. Let's not go download something. Let's not just go read a book 
to try to be inspired. No, these messages need to be on fire for us because if it's not on fire in the heart of the pastor or the minister, it's not going to be uh, any kind of light for the people. The people are going to fall asleep there on the in the pews. No <laughs> so, question. Yeah. And so that's that inductive Bible study, Amen. you know, to to pull from the scriptures, exegete yeah. from the scriptures. Uh, ek, that, that word uh, from the Greek is to pull out, to, yes. co- out, to come out. It's speaking to you right. out so from the scripture. Exegete mm-hmm. rather than eisegete, which is to read into the scriptures. And so this is an important hermeneutical, which hermeneutic is the art and science of biblical interpretation, or it's literally the word hermeneutic means to understand. Yeah. So, so uh, or interpret, really, interpret, mm-hmm. uh, which by interpretation it's actually in the New Testament when he quotes uh, the the Aramaic uh, mm. there in John, and he mm. says, "Which is by interpretation," mm. and then he interprets it. That's the word hermeneia. Mm. And so it's it's interesting to Amen. to understand that we're called to 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 be inductive, mm-hmm. where we're building up from the scriptures. We're not coming to the scriptures with presuppositions, right, and superimposing them. We don't want to take theological constructs. And then superimpose them upon the scriptures. We want to build our theological constructs from the scriptures. And it's a big difference yeah. between those two, especially as Bible teachers, as you were saying. Yes. So from Acts chapter 6, that has been my modus operandi for the last uh, 35 years or mm-hmm. so of pastoring, mm-hmm. is that uh, I make the prayer, reading of the word, teaching of the word, that whole everything, seeking God for the messages that Mm -hmm. I'm preaching, that is my priority. And my schedule uh, works all around that. that, That's what I do first, but everything else. So do I visit people at the hospital? Yes, I do. Do I counsel people in their marriages? Absolutely, I do that. Do I do administrative tasks? I sure do. But everything that I'm doing is planned around this. This is number one. This is my priority, and all these other things will be taken care of. And, of course, we. what was the whole teaching there in Act 6? Appoint other people who can take these tasks mm-hmm. that are very necessary. Hey, mm-hmm. it's necessary to take care of widows. It's a necessary thing. Mm-hmm. God loves widows. we got to do that. That's part of our ministry. But we have other people taking care of these things, waiting on the tables so that the pastor can be freed up and the the leaders can be freed up, the elders can be freed up, other people can be freed up to ha- devote their time to studying the Word of God and prayer. We mm-hmm. have to have that as well. So no that's so doubt. important. So. It really is. <clears throat> it really is. And, uh, you know, in your book, you know, you point out that really no CD, no DVD, no class can beat reading the Bible directly. Amen. So the key for me is reading and studying the Word of God directly. Before I do anything else, I want to be reading the Word of God. I also want to be feeding myself. You know, there's a difference between a chef at a, at a restaurant who feeds others and a chef feeding himself. Mm-hmm. He has to feed himself as well, right? So the chef has to eat himself and prepare food for himself, but he is also preparing food for other people. So there's the two elements of it. I have to be feeding myself the word of God, and then also I'm also preparing food to feed other people. So this is the two elements of it. But every day I want to be reading the word of God myself, not for a sermon, 
but so that I can be edified, I can be built up, I can learn. And so I think it's important to read through the Bible, to read all the books of the Bible. I think I, I do that regularly. I I used to do the 90-day through the Bible uh, book mm-hmm. all, all the time. I, I, I use that. I d- discipled other people using that. But it's so important that we read the Word of God directly and study from it directly. And then we can go to other commentaries and other things, that sort resources that help us. But it's so critical for all of us, uh, again, Sunday school teachers, women's ministry, men's ministry, youth ministry, all the different areas where there's teaching going on in the local church. It's so important that all of us be in the word of God, meditating on it day and night and reading God's word. Yes. You know, I love how you say in your book, you know, that, uh, um, after, uh, reading the Bible for several hours, you can open up other Christian co- books and commentaries to gain further insight. So, mm. so you, you can get more, but you can also test what you're believing too, to see whether or not it's something that others have understood over the millennia. Yes. And, and so in your book, detecting and dealing with false teachings, you go so deep into this and it's important, but it's very concise as well. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's thorough, but concise. Amen. And, uh, I love the way you write. And so this book and your other books uh, can be purchased at Amazon, but also you have a website, yes. bibleteacher.com. Is yeah, it's teacherofthebible.com. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or you can go to our YouTube uh, channel, uh, Teacher Teacher of the Bible also, and just download any of that information. And you know, that is that is important. And I like, uh, I learned that uh, really got uh, a strength from you talking to you about this previously, that um, as you read the word and you discern the truth and then you go to some good commentaries and read it, sometimes you're going to disagree with what some commentator, some commentator is saying, but you can also present that as another view that people are saying. And it actually gives you more insight and it all also confirms the truth for you about what's really wrong and what's right. And yes. so, so there's times where I will stand up and say, Hey, somebody's you know, here's what I believe this verse is saying, but other people are saying this, and I want to tell you why that's not the correct position. So it allows you to have a broader view of things. It allows you to help uh, the people to understand better what the text is saying and to, to arrive at correct conclusions. Now, this is, at this point, I think it's important because with some of our listeners or young pastors or pastors who aren't really using some of the tools that are out there. And uh, so having a good Bible software program can be helpful as well, can it? Right. Yes, absolutely. Like what do you use? I use PC Study Bible and I use the Olive Tree um, app and Study Bible. Yeah. So I, I use that. I use the, the, the Olive Tree. I also use Logos and mm-hmm. uh, PC Bible Study um, I, I've used in years uh, mm-hmm. past. And it's really uh, important to have these tools because you can do great word searches. You yeah, can look I at the Greek. Search. Yes. And the Hebrew, you got your inner linear, you got maybe multiple translations and yes. dictionaries and maps. And uh, it's really powerful. And you can go online and you can get some of these things. Uh, there's blue letter uh, Bible, which is pretty, pretty good for online. I personally like having it downloaded because if I'm not having access, if I'm out in the mission field or whatever, I don't have access. It, uh, I, I, some of the apps are even better on a, on a tablet than they are on a computer. I love the the uh, olive tree app on the uh, iPad. It's, it's just very powerful. Amen. And so these are tools that pastors can have. I mean, mm-hmm. you can have the Septuagint. I, I just love this. Okay. You've mm-hmm. got the Greek translation of the old Testament. Mm-hmm. You can have uh, the uh, dead sea scroll Bible. Okay. Wow. And look at the, and compare that. You can look at the Masoretic text through most of our modern translations, which is the 
translation of the Hebrew, which was about 1000 AD. But the Septuagint was the Greek translation like 1200, 1150 years earlier, like 150 BC. Mm-hmm. So that's earlier. The Dead Sea Scrolls were, are 1100 years earlier than the Masoretic text. And to look at that, there's also the Samaritan Pentateuch, mm-hmm. which I have, which is in the Tanakh, uh, in the Torah of the Tanakh. And you can compare that. Wow. And to, to look at that. And then you go to Jerome's Latin Vulgate, because he used earlier Hebrew and Greek manuscripts than the Masoretic text, which were about 1000 AD. Jerome mm-hmm. did the Latin Vulgate mm-hmm. in about three, the late uh, 300s. 300s. And, and mm-hmm. so, so you have the Latin Vulgate uh, to look at as well. And so sometimes when you get to an area where there's a little bit of nuance or something, it's just way cool. I, it's exciting to me. I'm a nerd, yeah. but yeah. I love to go and you're looking at these ancient documents and Absolutely. you're and you're seeing what did God say to these people and how did they interpret that? And Amen. it adds insight and it's such a joy. It's exciting. When I started my Bible studies almost 40 years ago, I had to have a big desk. I had a, you know, the Strong's Concordance, yeah, the, big old giant, the old big old giant <laughs> yeah. Strong's yes. Concordance. Oh, yeah. I had a, a dictionary. Yeah. I had like two, three Bible translations and it took up all my desk. And now to think that it's all being right there desktop. and one little, little desktops, all electronic. <laughs> I just double click on something and I don't have to, uh, like you say, I do a lot of word searches. Yeah. I type the word kingdom or something. It yeah. finds all the verses. I'm doing a lot of study right now in the book of Jonah. So I could just type ding, ding right there and it pops right up for me. Here's here's an amazing thing. You know, I, I went to the seminary here in Fresno for studying uh, Greek New Testament. And then I spent two and a half years studying the Greek uh, New Testament on my own Fresno with Pacific William Mounts University. Yes, yes. and uh, well, it used to be the old Mennonite Brethren yeah. uh, Biblical Seminary where I went, and uh, they, they. So I spent all these years studying the Greek and parsing Greek verbs and learning about all these participles and perfect verbs and all that stuff. And now I can just click on any word, and it <laughs> tells me what 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 tense it's in, what part, it's, a, it's a participle, it's a noun, it's an ad, all of it is just with a double click. And now, so all the time that we used to spend to just try to parse a verb to find out what kind of a verb it was, it's all right there at the click of a mouse. So there's great advantage now and just, it, it, you can save hours and hours of time and get it accurately, correctly, and with all those dictionaries and everything. And it's amazing how it's all integrated too. I see it how they is. all the, the uh, olive tree uh, study app that you you turn me on to that i use all the time now on my phone i'm traveling somewhere and i i, I need it i don't i can't pull out my bible right there i just pop that thing right up and it just gives me all that i need so, so. we went from one big desktop to <laughs> one small desktop yes that's right <laughs> and now on a tablet phone everything they have it on mobile apps yeah, it's, it's really it's a blessing i think god's nice. given us this at this time it says in daniel that knowledge shall increase right <laughs> Yeah, And so he's given us these tools because we need to be sons of Issachar to understand the times to know what Israel ought to do. Yeah, and absolutely. I think uh, those are resources and tools that are available to us here. For sure, in the United States, I know in other places they were, I, I was talking to a pastor yesterday from Mexico City, and he was concerned about how does he access resources. They don't have the resources that we have here. So mm. we, we should be very thankful that we have all this software, all these books, and all these uh, materials and hopefully most of them are sound doctrine, but we know that a lot of them are false, and, mm-hmm. and that's how some of the things uh, spread. But also, uh, Paul said, I mean, the the apostles there said, 
not only do we want to be in ministry of the word, he says, but we also want to be spending a lot of time in prayer. Mm, so important. Because that is where we're getting the direction is from the Lord. That's where we're getting our messages. This is where the, we're following yes. this, where the sh- local church shepherd is following the chief shepherd. And mm. we're taking sheep from pasture to pasture to green pasture to green pasture to feed them. And so we must have that time of prayer alone. I, I think it was one of the uh, revivalists here in America that said that every presentation of truth must be given with a spirit of prayer behind it. Well, Otherwise, and, it hardens people's hearts. If they yeah. hear the truth, they're not going to want to receive it. But if their hearts are opened and their hearts are soft, and I believe the Lord does all of that, the Holy Spirit is working among your congregation while you're teaching and the anointing of the spirit is there. That's what allows the teaching truth of right. God to be received into the hearts of the, the anointing people. of the spirit. And, yes. and he says that uh, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will lead and guide you into all truth. Yes. So it is that anointing, you know, and first John, uh, you know, he talks about uh, you need not the, the man teach you, but the same anointing teaches you all, all things. things. Yes. So it's that anointing of the Holy Spirit that really makes the difference. Amen. Because because we study the Bible, you know, I heard one very well-known uh, radio personality. I probably won't mention his name, but, but uh, he was uh, talking about how, you know, you read the Bible like you do any other ancient document. Well, yes and no, and right. mostly no, because <laughs> right. because the reality is is that uh, you don't need the Holy Spirit to understand Homer's Iliad or no. Cicero. Right. Okay. You know, you, you you need the Holy Spirit to understand the Bible, and Man. you don't need humility to understand Cicero and and other ancient documents, Plato and and Socrates. But you need humility. You you got to have that heart attitude. We'll talk about that more sometime. A, a good holistic hermeneutic and how we approach the scriptures and how, what a difference that makes in really getting understanding. Yeah, I like something that Derek Prince said years ago. He says the only authorized interpreter of the word is the one who inspired it all, and that was the I Holy love Spirit. Derek Prince. So he, I love so the, Derek so the, Prince. Oh my God! So if some like I I wrote this book recently on the biblical qualifications of church yeah. leaders. So if somebody wanted to know what this book about, you don't go talk to my wife or right. some other guy down the street. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know what this book is about, you come, come talk to, to me. Buy you right, a cup of right? coffee. Yeah, buy me a cup of coffee. I'll sit down with it and talk to you about it. And so the same thing with the Word of God. You can't treat it as just a historical document that mm-hmm. was written many years ago. No, you have to go to the the, the source uh, That's right. as 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 Second Peter there at the end of chapter two, 1 says it. Uh, that these men, holy men of God, were being moved by the Holy Spirit and all that they were saying and doing. And so, yes, the 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 scriptures are God breathed scriptures, you know, and they're profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction and in righteousness. So the yeah. man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. But Amen. so there must be a spirit of prayer behind every presentation of truth. Here's another thing. Um, I uh, used to have a team of intercessors. Most of them were women, elderly women. I, I used to have uh, recruit widows at my church to pray for me. And one of the things I had them pray for me all the time was John chapter 12, verse 49. And Jesus says there, for I do not speak of my own accord, but the father who sent me commanded me what to say 
and how to say it. I love that. A lot of times wow. we, we know what we need to say, but we don't know how to say it. That's, that's where we get stuck a lot of times. And again, we're, 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 what are we talking about? We're talking about sound doctrine. We want to communicate it with illustrations, with examples, with biblical illustrations. We want to communicate the truth of God, and that's where we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Lord to help us. We need intercessors praying for us so we can communicate how to say these things that are eternal eternal truths that are involving the souls of men. This is so very necessary. Mm, Very much so. And so, um, you know, he does teach us, you know, uh, what we're to preach, you know, and we're to preach the word. But Mm -hmm. I love this here. You know, you bring up uh, 2 Timothy 4, 2 to 4. Preach the word. Yep. Yep. Imperative Greek verb. There you go. Commanding it. Yes. There's no options here. (laughs) Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time shall come when they shall not endure sound doctrine. Amen. So to sound doctrine, uh, hygienia, you know, the word for hygiene, wholesome doctrine Amen. Uh, is, is something that ha- sometimes has to be endured because it challenges us. Amen. It says they're not going to be able to endure. It doesn't say endure long preachers or, you know, but it <laughs> says endure sound doctrine. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have to endure uh, the uh, word of God, which is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The cutting away mm-hmm. of the flesh, you know, the circumcision of our heart by God's word, you know, and we are to offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. And so we're literally offering ourselves up as God's word, the sword of God's word comes and cuts away at the flesh. Amen. Uh, and, and we know that, uh, that this says that they'll heap for themselves teachers uh, having uh, itching ears and they shall be turned away from the truth, Amen. turned away from sound doctrine. Right. Boy, is that ever happening today? Amen. Uh, years ago for the Fresno School of Mission, I taught a course verse by verse through Second Timothy. The key word in Second Timothy is endure. Paul mm-hmm. says, I endure all things. I endure afflictions, endure hardships, That's good. endure, endure, endure. But there's one thing Paul says that people are not going to endure. That's good. They're not going to endure sound doctrine. Wow. They're not, they're not going to endure that. And just like you say, they're going to have itching ears. They're going to get these teachers to tell them what they want to hear, these fables, these myths, and it's going to turn them away from the truth. And so we want to preach the whole counsel of God. And Paul told these elders at Ephesus in Acts 20, verses 26 through 28, he says, I am innocent of the blood of all men. Why, why could he say that? He says, hey, I'm cleared. I'm cleared. My, mm-hmm. my whole slate is clean. And he says, why? Because he says, I have not uh, shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. He says, so therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to feed, poimeo, uh, to feed, yep. that's the word for shepherd. Yes. You're shepherding the church of God. You're feeding the church of God with the word of God in the power of God by the Holy Spirit. You're feeding them. And so I want to be innocent of the blood of all men because I want to be able to proclaim the whole counsel of God to my congregation and wherever I go to preach. I want to preach the whole counsel of God. I'm not afraid of that. So, uh, you know, um, uh, brother Dennis, I was, uh, a few years ago, I was preaching at a church, uh, where multiple churches had gathered together that I would say there's about 150, 200 people there. And I asked people, uh, um, does, does anybody know what the book of Nahum says? <laughs> no, nobody raised their hand. And, and I waited for a little bit. Well, I finally, one guy raised his hand and it was only because he had, he had done a devotional reading 
recently. That's why he raised his hand. But nobody else knew. I said, hey, what is Zephaniah about? So just tell me in one sentence, what is Zephaniah about? Nobody could say, how about Habakkuk? Does anybody know anything about Habakkuk? Nobody raised their hand. I was, I was shocked. Like, Come on, you guys are Christians, right? And, 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 and so, but it was a revelation to that congreg- those congregations as I was speaking that, uh, yeah, we may know what Romans says, but we don't know what the prophets are saying. There's all kinds of books in the Bible, Lamentations. People don't know what they say. Malachi, Haggai, they don't even know what they're, they're about. And so we need to feed the uh, God, the, the flock of God with the whole counsel of God. And my modus operandi every morning is my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They're not hurt. They're not injured. They're not wounded. It's a very strong word in Hebrew of destroyed. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so I want to tell people, hey, preach from Second Timothy and Second Peter and Malachi and Zephaniah and Micah and Amos. The only thing people know about Amos is he had some famous cookies. That's about it. <laughs> you know, they don't they don't know what Amos they don't know what Amos is about. They don't know what Micah is about. God and so us. when I got my uh, I got a master's degree on Old Testament prophets, and I, I went to the school and I said I want to learn about an area of the Bible that I don't have very much knowledge on. So I I started studying the Old Testament prophets, and man, what a profound thing! But we need to teach the whole counsel of God. We need this is a critical duty for all church churches today. We don't, hey, we need to know what Habakkuk said. We need to know what Zephaniah, Zephaniah, um, almost the whole book is about the day of the Lord, this day of judgment that's coming. And so we need to preach the whole counsel Especially of God. when Paul quotes directly from these books, like Habakkuk, you know, the just yeah. shall, this is the battle cry of the Reformation. Amen. The just shall, shall live by, by faith. faith. Amen. And so what's the context of that? And to see how the apostles used the Old Testament and used their hermeneutic, an apostolic hermeneutic. Amen. How did they exegete those passages and then apply them to what God was doing in the New Covenant? That's really important to see. It's very fascinating. Yes. Very interesting. So Romans quotes the just shall live by faith. Galatians quotes the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk Hebrews quotes, quotes the just by, yeah. shall live by faith. That, that verse there in Habakkuk 2.4 yeah is being quoted through the New Testament. So so the just shall live by faith is not even a New Testament concept. It was birthed in an Old Testament prophet. And wow. so it's this so obviously we need the Old Testament. Uh, the the words there are so powerful. Mm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So in teaching sound doctrine, Paul said something here very critical in Titus chapter two, verses seven through eight, which I expand quite a bit in my book. It says in doctrine we need to show integrity, reverence incorruptibility and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that the one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say about you. Mm. So these four words are critical. I would say this to all of us, not just uh, pastors and teachers, but I will also say to all of you Christian believers that you need to show integrity in what you believe, reverence, incorruptibility, Mm. and sound speech. All of those are very key words and words that you should get a dictionary and define them. I'm even looking up in the Greek words. What, what is, what is Paul wanting to say there? Those are very key words for all of us. So, wow, man. So integrity, I'll just mention that one That's right really there. Uh, That's so good. I love this. It's, it's, it's so huge. It, it, the, the word integrity means untainted. It, it's a doctrine that's not stained. Some translations use purity or uncorruptness. Uh, one Greek dictionary defines it as honesty. You know, when we preach, 
we must not have any exaggeration in what we're saying, not evangelistically speaking. You know, we're, 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 we must preach the truth. We don't have to exaggerate anything. Our God is already great. He's already powerful. It also says that we must preach it with reverence. The NIV says with seriousness. Now, truthfully, I use a lot of humor. I like to use humor. It, it, it's a way of livening up your sermons, but you can't, you can't use too much humor. You can't just be up there being a comedian. You know, you need to be a preacher. And people are not going to take you seriously if you don't preach with reverence. I think that's a very, very key. Uh, one commentator, Guthrie, he says, so if the words of the Christian teacher are to earn respect, he must teach in a serious manner. So you, you, you have to teach also seriously. Again, you're, you're promoting sound doctrine. And so this is very important. Uh, incorruptibility. We said this before in a previous broadcast, 10 verses of the New Testament that deal with false teaching and false teachers mentioned the word corrupt and corruption. So here Paul is telling Titus, make sure what you're preaching is incorruptible. It's a doctrine where you're watching over your life closely. What he's saying? First uh, Timothy four sixteen. he says, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Mm. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So what I want to say, and you and I have talked quite a bit about this, your lifestyle and your doctrine go together. There's no question. Amen. That's that holistic hermeneutic. Yes. Is that if we're not humble Amen. before the Lord, if we're not walking, you know, he says, uh, you, I thank you, Father, Jesus prayed this, that you've hid these things from the wise and prudent, but you revealed them unto babes, babes. and to children, right? Amen. So if we're not childlike, he's not going to reveal so we're in pride. We're going to miss what God is saying, right? Amen. We need Amen. to be holy. He says his secret is with the righteous. He says the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more. Amen. So these character issues are extremely important. And many times Huge. when you find these, these leaders who fall into moral depravity, mm. that you start looking at their doctrine and you see where they're missing it. They're not seeing clearly. That's where that integrity Amen. that comes in, that reverence, the Amen. seriousness, you know, walking uh, in, in the light as he is in the light. Amen. Yeah. Guthrie, I really like his commentary there in the, in the pastoral epistles. He says, moral and spiritual rectitude is an indispensable preliminary to mm. doctrinal orthodoxy. There you go. So if you're, uh, as I say often, if you're not living right, you're not going to be preaching right. It mm-hmm. will happen. So if we're in darkness, we're going to be speaking out of that darkness. So again, we're talking about maintaining sound doctrine. Again, we're talking about not doing preventative medicine so that we don't get involved in false teaching, heretical teaching, and wrong teaching. So that is so important. Another thing is um, sound speech, right? So nine times in the pastoral epistles, he says sound doctrine, sound doctrine, sound doctrine, sound speech, sound words, sound in faith. That word sound is the same word for what we have in English is hygiene, right? And so, so uh, all through the Gospels where Jesus says, your faith has made you well, you have been healed completely, mm-hmm. you have been restored in health. Mm-hmm. All those are the exact same words. And so we, we made this comment, uh, I believe the other day you and I were talking, we made the comment that, that false teaching makes people sick, yeah. <laughs> but sound teaching keeps people healthy, wow. healthy spiritually, emotionally, so and in every good. way. The, what you're so teaching is going to be important. healthy. That healthy. is such a great analogy to, to, to recognize that. That's why it's so important to be in God's word. And that's why we're here every Saturday on Kingdom Talk Radio 
1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Every Saturday from two, from one to two, uh, here, uh, we are broadcasting a Kingdom Talk 2.0 and Kingdom Talk from 12 to one as well. Uh, but, uh, this is so important to, to recognize to have healthy teaching Amen. from God's word is going to affect us. Uh, emotionally and spiritually and even physically. Amen. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's so clear, uh, when we see in the natural how that when we eat healthy, it, it makes us sick. How much more in the spiritual, if we're, uh, eating unhealthily, then we will be made sick. It's so, yeah. so good to recognize sound, wholesome teaching is, is an antidote. It yes. really is that preventative maintenance that we're talking about mm-hmm. is that we must be, uh, faithful to continue to endure, as you pointed out, endure, mm-hmm. endure. We have to endure sound doctrine. Amen. It means continue in it. Yes. Continue to maintain uh, uh, and contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That word, their faith in Jude, is referring to the body of belief, that the doctrines yes. contend for the faith Amen. that was once delivered to the saints. And, yeah. and keep that healthy uh, mindset and and. We know that if we start, you know, we do stinking thinking, right? We end up <laughs> end up having, you know, some real problems, and it creates uh, instability in our lives. But when we really are building our house on the rock, then we have that great stability and health. So we must hold firm. That's one of the words in the NIV. We must hold firm. We must hold tight. We must mm. remain steadfast. Hold fast, yeah. We're holding fast to these. Uh, doctrines and teachings is apostolic teaching. This is the gospel. There's only one gospel. <laughs> we must maintain the truths of that. No matter how much pressure we have, no matter how much popularity there may be amongst, amongst a false teaching, we mm-hmm. must continue to go back to the word of God. So uh, I think you kind of said this uh, earlier. We can't, the the Pentecostals, a lot of the early church Pentecostals uh, from that, the last uh, century, you know, they, they just, you know, well, we just, we just hear from the Holy Spirit and we stand up and preach. No, I don't believe in just winging it in the pulpit. You know, we, we must be prepared. We must be anointed. Of course, we need the Holy Spirit. Of course, we need the anointing of God, but we must be thorough in our study, thorough in our exegesis, thorough in our research. We must know what we're saying. Mm-hmm. How can you preach with confidence if you don't know what you're saying? You know, how you can't preach with confidence. Uh, years ago at, at our church, when uh, my pastor ordained me as a teacher in our church body, I stood up and I quoted James chapter three, verse one, which talks about how the teachers are going to be judged more strictly yeah, by right. the Lord. And I, I put myself under that. I wanted to be under that because, hey, I'm going to give myself the study because I'm going to stand before God and give an account for what I have taught God's people. And certainly those who are teachers in the body of Christ, even us right here, right now, today, what we're teaching and talking about on the radio, we're going to be judged for the Lord by this. We're going to stand before God and give an account of ourselves. We're going to be judged more strictly than other people. And so our speech must be sound. And isn't that interesting? Right before, right after he talked about that of the teaching, he talks about the tongue, right? And, and about not stumbling. And if a man is, is, is going to be a perfect man, a, a teleos man, if he's going to be a perfect man, he's going to be one that doesn't stumble in speech. And so our speech has to be sound. Our speech has mm. to be, we are preaching sound doctrine. So our speech has to be sound. It has to be healthy. It has to be well thought out. It has to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. We have to have the 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 necessary uh, instruction from the Holy Spirit before we stand behind the pulpit. Oh boy, that's really good admonition there, Pastor. Appreciate mm-hmm. that so much. You know, and 
and uh, you you know you you go on and point out here that um, that even when Jesus healed the centurion, mm-hmm. right? Yes, uh, that that says that was the same word for sound doctrine Amen. as well. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So one of the other things is, and, and I just finished writing a book on it. It's available on Amazon. I'm not trying to sell books here. If you need a book, I can give you one for free. Just uh, contact us at teacherthebible at gmail.com and I'll give you a free book. But wrote a book here called The Biblical Qualifications of Church Leaders. And so I go through the 26 qualifications there in First uh, Timothy 3 and Titus chapter 1. And uh, we must also put in people into our church leadership who know sound doctrine. They're able to teach. They're able to encourage with sound doctrine and also refute those who oppose sound doctrine. So uh, some of my leaders, I've put them through this. I've given them heresies. I, I, I want them to defend how to, how, to, how to preach against certain types of heresies. So we want to make sure we put well-qualified people into our leadership. Again, we're talking about maintaining sound doctrine and a lot of churches just put people into leadership. They don't qualify them and they, they get in there and that's what allows all these false teachings to proliferate in the churches because they don't have this. So we need elders. We need leaders. We need Sunday school directors. We need women's ministry directors. We need them all to be teaching sound doctrine. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's it's this qualification of elders that's so important. We don't, Paul said, lay hands suddenly on no man, lest you be partaker of his sins. Amen. That's right. That's why those qualifications are so important. Of course, as you point out, one of the main qualifications is able to teach. Amen. It's got to be and, able to teach. And uh, so, but there is the character mm-hmm. qualifications, you know, yes. husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, Amen. good behavior, above reproach, you know. Amen. 19 of the qualifications are character uh, five of the qualifications are his wife and his children, and the last two he must be able to teach and uh, be able to encourage with sound doctrine. So a lot of times what we do is we just focus on anointing and ability, but we don't focus on the character and on his family. And so those are huge, huge. Once again, it's out of your lifestyle. It's out of your holiness before God, your 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 reverent uh, fear of God in your life and out of your family life that you're going to be able to preach and teach sound doctrine. Again, if you put in people who are disqualified, they don't have the character qualities and they don't have the family life that can support this, then they're going to cave in to the false teaching that's around and they're not going to defend the truth and the faith. So even youth leaders, this is important? Absolutely. My worship leader, because they may, my worship leader regularly reads from the Bible, which is great. And he, mm-hmm. he quotes stuff and he says things and he encourages people uh, to worship right from the word of God, from the Psalms. He's, he quotes a lot from the Psalms. So mm-hmm. he must also, because, hey, if he starts saying crazy things, then we're going to start worshiping in a crazy way, right? So, so even my worship leader needs to know sound doctrine, you know, because he's also teaching. We're, we're teaching people through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, like it says in Ephesians and Colossians. So that's so important. You know, years ago, I um, met a young man, and uh, he had just graduated from one of the uh, main Bible colleges. He got a master's degree uh, I believe I don't remember the the school, but uh, it was one of the well known schools down there in Los Angeles. And so, uh, I had just written a book on on hell, and uh, I asked him, I go, "What do you believe about hell?" And he says, "Well, I don't really know." And I go, "Do you do you do you believe in universalism? Do you believe what what, what are your beliefs? Do you believe there is a hell, or whatever?" And he goes, "I really don't know very much about that." And so I got I got to thinking, this guy is getting he was getting ready to go into pastoral ministry. I go, "What is he going to preach to his congregation?" 
when he doesn't even know what he believes about hell, you know, a, a major teaching in the Bible. And so, again, we want to put people in who are qualified. And a lot, I see a lot of people coming out of Bible schools that they don't know um, some of the main doctrines of the church. They've been able, they can, they might be able to parse a Greek verb, but they don't even know what the Bible says about heaven and hell and the whole eternal judgment there. And and Hebrews three, six, I'm sorry, where it talks about the elementary teachings of the Bible. We we need to know those elementary teachings, you know, faith in God and doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands, eternal judgment and the resurrection of the dead. We need to know those teachings. We need to define those teachings. We need to know what those teachings are saying. You know, Paul says to go on yes, uh, of, uh, not laying again the foundation. But you can't go on from something that you've never laid the foundation from. Amen. Right. So in Hebrews there, he's saying you have to have that and then go on unto maturity. Amen. Uh, which is the Rest priestly on. work of Christ there, you know, in, in, in Hebrews. But uh, yeah, this is, this is critical. You know, uh, I love how there in, in the book of Hebrews where at the end of chapter five, he says, I have many things to, to speak about talking about Melchizedek, right? But mm-hmm. um, they're hard to be uttered because you're dull of hearing. And the time uh, when you when you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of God, or in such are of need of milk and not strong meat, for he that uses milk is unskillful in the word of God. So we need to be skillful Amen. in the word of God. And so, so that admonition there, you know, that the Hebrews there, these are Jewish believers in Christ, they were getting tossed to and fro by by the Judaizers, and they were getting brought back under the law of Amen. Moses. And so the writer of Hebrews um, is admonishing them uh, and and saying, "Look, you should be teachers. That's uh, it. You should be teachers, right? It's yeah. like it, it wasn't for just a teaching ministry or a man who who had a fivefold gift teaching ministry. Yeah. We should all be teachers, right? Yes. We're all Christians. We're teaching people. We're talking to them about Jesus. So we're teaching them the word of God, right? We're the children of light. And yes. and so, you know, we have people that are walking in darkness. If you're a Christian, you have the, the good news. You have the gospel. He says, uh, Peter says, uh, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready to, uh, to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of the hope that lies in you with meekness and, 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 and respect, mm-hmm. gentleness and respect. And so, um, so we ought to all be ready to give an answer, to teach. Everybody, all of us, every yeah. Christian. We are the priesthood of all believers. Not just the pastors. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yes, all of us should be able to teach, right? The Great Commission for all of us to go into all the world to what? Teach, preach, teach the gospel so all of us can do it. Yeah, you know, we're following Jesus, and it says uh, a couple places in the in the book of Matthew there. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, is he, he went about in their cities in villages, uh, uh, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. And so, Amen. uh, and, and Jesus, when he, uh, ended up, um, you know, having a healing revival there, right there at Capernaum, uh, and, and the disciples said, all men are coming to see you. And he said, well, I must go throughout the cities and villages, uh, to, to teach for this purpose, purpose. to bring the gospel for this purpose, I was brought into the world. Amen. And so that's our purpose as well. Amen. Uh, one of the things, again, here, uh, where you're, you're saying we got to give an answer to people. Uh, years ago, when I was first a believer, the Lord spoke to my heart, and, and he said, people are going to ask you the same questions that they asked me. 
And so I went through and I, I looked up every question that people asked Jesus. Mm. And so I, I, I went through, people asked Jesus about the Sabbath, about ties, about the resurrection, about the second coming. And so I went through and I actually wrote a position paper on every question that people ask Jesus. And so whatever was asked of Jesus is going to be asked of you. And so I encourage all pastors to do that study. We have to be ready. We have to be equipped and be those Bereans. Uh, What a joy. Pastor Charlie, this hour flies by so fast. You know, this is kingdom talk 2.0. We're diving deeper into the scriptures every Saturday from one to two. We're talking all things kingdom. Amen. And we're wanting to really look and be tethered to God's word, because there's so much deception out there on the airwaves and just throughout the culture. And uh, it's important to be in God's word, to have our face in his book, not Facebook, but his book. Amen. And uh, to really learn from the Holy Spirit. We are in the school of the spirit here on Kingdom Talk 2.0 every Saturday from one to two. Join us. Tell your friends about it. Let's continue to look to the Lord. Let's continue to walk in the light as he is in the light that we could have fellowship one with another. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. God bless you all. Amen. Let's be encouraged, walking in faith. Let's share the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. We'll talk to you soon. God bless.